Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. Welcome to this episode of This Week in the Word. You found us at dredhill.podbean.com. This is the 170th episode of This Week in the Word. They are always free to anyone, anytime, anywhere. And if you like what you hear today, please not only like the episode, but also follow our podcast. Well, again, welcome to This Week in the Word. And the day that I'm recording for is Sunday, January 2nd. 2022. So we have begun a new year. Maybe you're hearing this uh, this weekend or later, but we're into a new year now. Have you ever heard the phrase, no good deed goes unpunished? We've all seen that in our lives. Sometimes the people that we try to help the most hurt us the most. Matthew, the writer of Matthew's gospel, was a Jewish tax collector for the Roman Empire who came to a personal, life-changing faith because of his eyewitness experience with the Lord Jesus Christ. It changed his life, and really we should say Jesus changed his life. Now, in writing this gospel, Matthew is bringing us been bringing us to this crisis moment when Jesus Christ was paid back for his sacrificial love by his disciples, Judas, the Jewish priests, the Roman government, and even by Peter. And today we will see a payback undeserved, particularly from Judas, from religion, and from Peter. And next week, especially a payback undeserved, not only from religion, but from human government as well. So if you would like to follow along with me, I invite you to uh, take a Bible and turn to the Gospel of Matthew. But if you don't have a Bible or access to that online, uh, that's fine. I welcome you here and you can just listen along. And I think that this will be very instructive for you because I'm going to read what we're going to talk about today. So a payback undeserved from Judas is the first thing we concentrate on in Matthew 26, verses 1 through 56. And as I often do, I'm going to read through the scripture and occasionally make comments. And it came to pass when Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said unto his disciples, Ye know that after two days is the feast of the Passover, and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. That is a pretty clear-cut statement by our Lord Jesus Christ of what is going to happen two days from now when he is betrayed and crucified. And the Son of Man, that is the phrase he often uses for himself, as the Messiah, and that is from the book of Daniel. So he is clearly identifying himself as the long-promised Jewish Messiah, the Savior of the world, of all who will believe in him. Verse 3, 
Then assembled together the chief priests and the scribes and the elders of the people under the palace of the high priest, who was called Caiaphas, and consulted that they might take Jesus by subtlety and kill him. Wow, let that sink in. These are supposed to be religious leaders of the Jewish people, but they're going intentionally to kill Jesus. Actually, Jesus would be willingly offering his life up as a sinless sacrifice. He would decide when he would do that. But from their point of view, they wanted to kill him. Verse 5, but they said, not on the feast day, you know, hey, you got to, you know, protect your little religious rules, right? But they said, not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar among the people. Now, when Jesus was in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, and let's go no further before we, before we go to verse 7. Jesus goes a small distance away from Jerusalem, and he is in the house of Simon the leper. At some point in his life, Simon had been diagnosed with the dreaded disease of leprosy, which not only was a loathsome disease, but it also required that he be separated probably forever from his loved ones and friends living alone or with other people who had leprosy. This had been his fate until Jesus healed him. And we see that in the Gospels. Now, when Jesus was in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, and I'm sure Simon loved the Lord Jesus Christ because of what he had done, not only for him physically, but in saving him spiritually. But anyways, in his house, verse 7, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. That is, she she used this precious ointment, and and you would break this container. There was no going back. When you used it, you used it all. And it was used to prepare a body for burial, a very aromatic, fragrant ointment. There came in him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation saying, to what purpose is this waste? What? Now this woman had been forgiven and saved by the Lord Jesus Christ as well, and she is profuse in her love and adoration for the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is a very expensive act of worship. But look at verse 8 again. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation saying, to what purpose is this waste? You know, people sometimes get their values all mixed up. You are never wasting anything when you are worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Verse 9. Here was their gripe. 
For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. You know, the poor are used as an excuse by everybody for everything. Government, people, charities, religion, whatever. For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. When Jesus understood it, that is, you know, he he saw what they were discussing. When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. For ye have the poor always with you. But me ye have not always. For in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this that this woman hath done be told for a memorial of her. By the way, we just fulfilled that again, just as the Lord said would happen. Now, the disciples, man, what a value system they've gotten into here. They got off track, right? Now, they should have stopped at this point and said, wait a minute, crucifixion and burial, but I just think it it kind of went right over their heads. But this woman was so grateful for what the Lord Jesus Christ had done to save her. Amen. Verse 14. Now we're going to get to the point here. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief priest and said unto them, What will you give me? and I will deliver him unto you. And they covenanted with him for 30 pieces of silver. Now listen, we know that that Judas was the keeper of the money among this group, and he stole from what was in the bag. Judas was a man who was consumed with money and self and promoting his interest in what he wanted. And I think when he saw the the unrestrained worship of this woman and probably of Simon the leper as well, but especially the woman, in his mind with his value system, which was completely corrupt, he said, that's it. That's the last straw because that's who he was. You see what I'm saying? So that's it. Now he's gone to the chief priests and they've agreed if, If he will betray Jesus to them, they will pay him 30 pieces of silver. And he was happy, happy, happy. Verse 16. And from that time, he saw opportunity to betray him. Now, the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying unto him, Where wilt thou that we prepare for thee to eat the Passover? And he said, Go into the city to such a man and say unto him, The master saith, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at thy house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them, and they made ready the Passover. Now, when the even was come, he sat down with the twelve. 
And as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceeding sorrowful and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. The Son of Man goeth as it is written of him, but woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? He said unto him, Thou hast said. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung in him, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Then saith Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. You know, we often focus on Peter as denying that he knew the Lord and you know, they, but really, all of the disciples deserted the Lord Jesus Christ. So in essence, not only did Judas betray, but the rest of them, not just Peter, but the rest of them fled. And in essence, they denied him as well. Now, Peter and John did follow, as, as we'll see in this gospel, we'll see right here in this chapter, that they followed into the courtyard for one of the trials. But they, they deserted the Lord Jesus Christ and they kept their distance, that is for sure. But Peter obviously had the greatest denial. Verse 36, Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, that would be James and John now, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceedingly 
or excuse me, exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the the disciples and findeth them asleep and saith unto Peter, What? Could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is he. Hold him fast, so that Middle Eastern kiss on the the cheek that is so well-known, so common, that would be the sign that this was the Jesus that they should arrest. Wow. Verse 49, And forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? Then came they and laid hands on Jesus and took him. And behold, one of them which were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck a servant of the high priest and smote off his ear. We know from the Gospels that was Peter. Then said Jesus unto him, Put up again thy sword into his place, for all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled? that thus it must be. In that same hour, said Jesus to the multitudes, Are ye come out as against a thief with swords and staves for to take me? I sat daily with you teaching in the temple, and ye laid no hold on me. But all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be 
fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. So we see here an undeserved payback from Judas. Next, we see an undeserved payback from religion. In Matthew 26, 57 to 68, a payback undeserved from religion. Verse 57, And they that had laid hold on Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. But Peter followed him afar off under the high priest's palace and went in and sat with the servants to see the end. And we know that the apostle John was with him as well from the Gospels, right? So they both go into this courtyard, but this is focusing on Peter because a payback undeserved was coming not only from religion, but from Peter, as we'll see in a few moments. Verse 59, Now the chief priest and elders and all the council sought false witness against Jesus to put him to death, but found none. Yea, though many false witnesses came, yet found they none. At the last came two false witnesses. And they said, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. And the high priest arose and said unto him, Answerest thou nothing? What is it which these witness against thee? But Jesus held his peace. And the high priest answered and said unto him, I adjure thee by the living God, that is, he put him under oath to his heavenly Father. I adjure thee by the living God that thou tell us whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus saith unto him, Thou hast said, Nevertheless, I say unto you, Hereafter shall ye see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Now, this is a quote from the prophet Daniel that basically saying that he is the Messiah, Daniel predicted, who will be the king of the coming world kingdom after the Antichrist kingdom is destroyed. I mean, he answered that question point blank. Verse 65, then the high priest rent his clothes, which is something a high priest was not to do. He tore his garments. Then the high priest rent his clothes. Let's see here. Let me, let me get back. I lost my place. <laughs> so sorry. All right, let's, where are we here? We're going back to verse uh, 59. My, my screen dropped out here. I'm so sorry. All right, let's see. Let's see. I'm so sorry. Verse 65, I'm sorry. Then the high priest rent his clothes, saying, He has spoken blasphemy. What further need have we of witnesses? 
Behold, now ye, ye have heard his blasphemy. What think ye? They answered and said, He is guilty of death. Then did they, now watch this, a payback undeserved from religion. They should have welcomed the Lord Jesus Christ as the prophesied Messiah of the Jewish people. But watch this, verse 67. Then did they spit in his face and buffeted him as they beat him, and others smote him with the palms of their hands, saying, Prophesy unto us, thou Christ, who is he that smote thee? Wow. A payback undeserved from not only Judas, but from religion. The Jewish faith should have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ first and foremost. But to close, we see a payback undeserved from Peter. Peter, Simon Peter, pays the Lord Jesus Christ back for all of his love and his sacrifice and what he was about to do. He pays him back with denial. Matthew 26 to verse 69. Now Peter sat without in the palace and a damsel came unto him saying, thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all saying, I know not what thou sayest. And when he was gone out into the porch, in other words, he had to get away from that situation. When he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them that were there, this fellow also was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denied with an oath. I did not know the man. And after a while came unto him, they that stood by and said to Peter, surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech bewrayeth thee. In other words, the accent that he had as being from Galilee, they were, they were like really um, city-fied people living in Jerusalem, urbanites and all that. And he was a country boy. And, and the, the difference in the speech was just as obvious. Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him, before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. I have a question here. How about us? How have we treated the Lord Jesus Christ? You know, the opposite of love is not hatred. The opposite of love is apathy. It's indifference. Now, some may show hostility, but most people just have an apathy as if the issues of eternity matter not at all. Later, Judas expressed remorse and committed suicide. Judaism 
expressed resistance after this, yet even many of them were saved, but the religion at large resisted the gospel. But Peter later expressed repentance, and he was restored, and he served the Lord faithfully until he himself was crucified. Which of these are you in? Are you just filled with remorse or are you resisting the Lord or are you repenting of sin and trusting the Lord and following him, though imperfectly? If you need to sort all of this out, you need help, you have questions, I want you to call this number, 877 247 2426. One more time, 877 247 2426. I want you to know today if you're in the camp of remorse, but you haven't repented, or, or you're still resisting the Lord Jesus Christ, that with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you will be able to know for certain how your eternity will turn out. Instead of following Satan and being condemned to an eternal hell, you can follow Jesus Christ and be welcomed into heaven and eternity with him. Maybe you're not a number dialer. Maybe you would rather chat. Chataboutjesus.com Chataboutjesus.com Dot com. Go there and someone will help you. Listen, in Romans 3.23, it says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. In Romans chapter 10 In verse 13, it says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I hope you will call that number or go to chataboutjesus.com. And if you're already a believer in Christ, I hope that this helps you reaffirm your commitment to him and to loving and serving him as we wait for him to return and take his bride, the church, home to heaven with him. Thanks for listening today, and I pray that you will come again, listen to another episode next week, listen to other episodes that have already been posted, tell others about This Week in the Word at dredhill.podbean.com, and you can even share it right now from where you're listening on social media and to your family, friends, and even your enemies. Thanks for listening. Have a great 2022. I look forward to teaching you again next week. Bye-bye.